0: Hi, everyone. So I thought I'd give uh, two reviews and talk about satire. Um, Eric the Viking and The Starving Games. Uh, Both movies are classic. Just funny, classic type of humor. Uh, Starving Games is is more like Leslie Nielsen type of humor. Uh, You know, Naked Gun, uh, Police Squad, and uh, the um, Eric the Viking is dramatic comedy, right? I, I really think that both are four out of five. Four, four out of five stars. You know, uh, for what they are, for the type of movies that they are. I mean, if you like um, satire like Naked Gun, uh, that type of comedy, that type of sarcastic, sat- satirical comedy on pulp culture uh just watch watch it. starving games on you know i'm watching both these on amazon prime eric the viking is original humor that makes fun of history and whatnot it's it's a classic terry gilliams style movie you know it's got terry jones in it it's got uh you know earth kid tim robbins is the lead guy And it's just funny Uh, from a type of point where they have uh, long discussions. uh, You know, a lot of it's highbrow comedy where you have to actually think through it. And uh, it's just, you know, for that, it's funny. So, two different types of comedy, two different types of satire. Both of them four out of five stars i mean i could see people there are a lot of people out there who don't like movies like naked gun or uh kung pao legend of the fist and you know that's the or you know airplane or or uh what you know whatever and that's the type of humor that the starving games is so you may not like it you may not appreciate it you may not uh uh, you may really like The Hunger Games and as a result don't like the satire in The Starving Games. Uh, same thing with uh, Eric the Viking. Maybe you don't like highbrow humor. You know, So take these reviews as they're meant. Now, instead of going in depth and discussing those two movies, I just want to talk about humor for a second. A lot of people say you can't uh, make jokes about certain topics. That's not really true. You absolutely can. But the problem with a lot of uh, society is that. Sorry, I had a minor kitty interruption. So, anyway, the point is a lot of people make jokes that aren't really jokes. And that is a direct... I mean, I'm directly referencing people who uh, l- enjoy making racist jokes instead of uh, social commentary jokes, right? Like, you—you you, when you're talking about any sort of ethnicity or, or race what you're really talking about is a social con context or uh you're making a social commentary on that context and you can make jokes about race as chris rock has demonstrated many times as um, jeff dunham has demonstrated without making jokes that are specifically racist in terms of targeting a race for mocking purposes. A, a real prime example about racial commentary is uh, Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. I, I have to keep reminding myself throughout the entire movie, he's a white man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does it so well in a way where uh, it's the perception, I, and by the, when I say, um, I have to remind myself he's a white man. What I mean is in regards to the makeup. Uh, the, I mean, the makeup is, is fucking fast and fascinating. But whenever he opens his mouth, right, he does the stereotype of, a, of an African-American character. Which is in like almost every fucking movie from the seventies, and at one point they even make fun of it by pointing that out right and then you go to uh, the other actor the other Af- the Af- i mean the actual african American actor in there, and you find out that he's gay, and they're making a huge commentary on. Uh, the Af- African-American, black communities, black American communities, and uh, the real serious problem with homophobia, which it does seem to be a lot, in a, in a lot bigger uh, or more widespread in African-American, black American communities than in similar white communities, quote-unquote white communities. And so... You have a lot of great racist-oriented commentary and jokes. But because these jokes are not intended to attack, uh, debase, defame, uh, slur, slander, they are actually making a point about you know, various relationships of different groups. Uh, You know, Robert Danny Jr. uh, putting on blackface is a commentary about a dozen different things. Uh, One of them being Hollywood and its refusal to hire black actors. Another being actors who think that they're so good at their job they can pull off anything and they know everything about whatever it is that they study. Right? And... It, it, that, it's especially great because Robert Downey Jr. Uh, when he when he goes off page or off script he, and he improvises, he speaks as if he's coming out of uh, uh, black exploitation film from the seventies, right? And it's <laughs> it was not the seventies. you know and even then it's that wasn't real life, right? And. Uh, You know, then you have the uh, Starving Games, which is all about making fun of movies that focus around murdering children, right? That's exactly what The Hunger Games was, a series about murdering children. And the Starving Games just up and up makes fun of that, you know. Or you have uh, Eric the Viking and the opening joke. It's both a joke and a dramatic piece. Because it does not end well. You know, which is classic Terry Gilliam-style satire, right? He he makes you laugh, then he hits you with something that's, oh. You know? And that's, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, That's uh, when uh, uh, Eric the Viking is trying to rape this woman he never met on a pillaging expedition. So the opening joke is rape. Of course, she doesn't get raped. uh, But she does get killed because he tries to save her life. (laughs) And it's the thought that counts. (laughs) Right? It's It's a terrible scene in the sense that it makes you laugh at something that you probably shouldn't be laughing about and then it makes you realize how serious the situation is by just up and killing her and you're like oh shit you know as as soon as the scene ends and that's expert satire that's expertly crafted satire and i don't care what anybody i mean i I don't yeah i know i know terry gilliam's a total fucking asshole yeah he really is Uh, that doesn't take away from the genius of the movie and, yeah, there, there are a lot of terrible assholes in the world, especially in history. And at some point, I mean, they will produce something that's of value, you know. And Terry Gilliam's entire film career is fantastic. Although I will never, ever, ever watch The Fisher King ever again in my life. To top it off, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais has the stand-up, and I think it's still on Netflix. And in the stand-up, he says, people say you can't make fun of that. You can't make a joke about AIDS. You can't make a joke about this or or that or whatever. And he goes on explaining how you can make a joke out of anything. A then gives demonstration of his skills. And the man has skills. You know, uh, he's on the same level as Mel Brooks. And Mel Brooks made jokes about fucking everything. I mean, The Producers is one big joke and one big poke at how Hollywood games the system and fucks people over. It's really not funny, if you think about the subject material. It's all about two producers stealing from people and uh, scamming investors, scamming the actors and everyone else who works with their production. Sure, he sits it on Broadway, which has the same problems, but it's about everything in the entertainment industry. These people are terrible fucking people. Right? And the running gag throughout the movie is the play Springtime for Hitler. Right? The producers know it's a terrible fucking topic. They're they're making a lighthearted romp about Adolf Hitler. You know, they they do it to try and fail. But what happens? The worst thing in their dreams. The audience says, actually like it. And it turns out to be a success. The whole existence of the producers is not only to show you that you can make a joke about Hitler, but also to show you that you can make a joke about peoples whose lives are being destroyed by greedy sharks in Hollywood. It's it, like the two the two most untouchable subjects that you could imagine in regards to the Hollywood elite. That is pointing out how the Hollywood elite scams people, and even when caught, they still don't learn their lesson. And that's that's the first uh, untouchable topic. And the second untouchable topic is Hitler and making it funny. One of the worst dictators in World War II making him funny. And you know, it's the essence of comedy and satire is you have to know how to pull it off, because you don't pull it off properly. You're going over the edge, especially with those sensitive subjects. You make jokes about age, you make jokes about cancer, you make jokes about uh, Challenger exploding. You gotta know how to make it funny. Otherwise, you're just making a terrible fucking uh, comment uh, that should have you strung up, right? So, you know, what's what's also funny is that Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, overtly has jokes, has one specific joke about Hitler, or two two jokes about Hitler. And it shows that, it shows the the differences between fantasy and reality. And maybe a, a lot of people missed it. But yeah, they definitely made a Hitler joke twice in Captain America. And that is when Hitler's scheming and walking up behind Captain America to attack him. And Captain America turns around and punches Hitler in the face. Right? That's the slapstick. That's a joke. And then they capitalize on that joke later on where he's rescuing it. So that's fantasy. And then in reality, Captain America is... You know, he goes out to, say, Bucky and the 107th, right? And he, he uh, comes across Dugan and the uh, Howling Commandos, right? So he's rescuing them, and they said, Do you think you could do this? And he says, Yeah, of course. I've punched Hitler out 20 to- 200 times. You know, they don't, want they don't know what the hell he's saying, but we know what he's saying, and we laugh. We say, <laughs> Yeah, he did. You know that's an expertly crafted Hitler joke. Uh, it may be uh, a low, a low-key Hitler joke. Like you actually have to think about what they were doing, but they were making fun of one of the worst dictators in World War II and and history, one of the worst. And uh, they were making fun of him, and uh, and people laughed every time. You know when I. I didn't see it in the theater, but uh, every time I see it, I laugh. I know people mentioned it in their their reviews, they laughed. Yeah. So you can make a joke about anything, you just have to be aware of what you're joking about and how you're presenting it. You know? And, uh, you know, for a more, here's another example Uh, it's a joke that's been floating around for 20 years. And the joke goes like this. You know, Hitler was a war hero. Okay, that's actually factual. He was a pseudo, He was considered a war hero in World War I, right? Um, so you start the joke with something that's semi-factual, right? You know, Hitler was a, a war hero. And then you say, yeah, in World War II, he, he stealthily invaded the bunker of one of the worst dictators in history and shot him in the head yeah because hitler killed himself that's the joke when people you know maybe i the way i'm telling it is clearly in terms of dissecting it when you tell it to somebody and they they look at you saying what are you a fucking nazi and then you finish it off it usually takes them a couple of seconds because first you stun them uh with trying to think what the fuck are you saying then they might say, I know some of that's true because that's how he kind of got support. And then you, they don't know what to say. So they're, they're, they're shut up while you continue telling the joke. Then you talk about how he invaded a bunker in World War II. So say, I don't think that's true. They can't interrupt you because they're still stunned. And then you say, and he shot that dictator right in the head. If they say, no, he didn't, then you say, yeah, because he committed suicide. It makes them feel like dumbasses, right? For even considering that you might be a Nazi. So it, the joke begins in one direction and then it flips itself on the other. And by the time the listener is, is finished listening to the joke, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it, yeah. Very funny. Uh huh. That's the type of, that, that's one example on how to do a joke like that because what you're really doing is you're saying yeah he's a hero because he killed himself you know nobody loved him and and there was one one little part good part in him that made him realize that he had to shoot himself like yeah (laughs) funny right or uh that i mentioned the challenger what does nasa stand for need another seven astronauts right that, that's a really dark joke because it also refers to uh, NASA, NASA's cavalier attitude about launching the space shuttle on that day. And anybody who was alive and old enough to remember, that shuttle mission had actually been postponed a couple times because it kept freezing. And the president, you know, Reagan... He put heavy-duty pressure on Congress, or, or not Congress. Uh, heavy-duty pressure on NASA, you know. And so did so did Congress. Congress was uh, arguing about the budget and and the waste of taxpayer money for these false starts. So even though the safety inspector, who was on Good Morning America or M- or M- or uh, the Today Show on NBC, I can't remember which. Uh, you know, I'm I'm seven years old, or uh, yeah, I'm seven years old. I'm watching the thing with Dad, and I literally asked Dad, "What's an O-ring?" Or you know, or uh because they were arguing about it, and this the safety inspector was on TV. Dad said, "It's a thing that holds the washers." I said, "Well, why is that important?" You know, well, yeah, they can go ahead and, and launch it, and Dad said, "No, it's not because those O-rings actually hold." hold those things in place and when that's cracked or that breaks because it's a lot of pressure then it could cause the fuel pump you know essentially to, ex- to ignite or explode and then everything blows up he said you know it's just a little tiny thing can actually cause the whole thing to go up and that's why i said oh my god well they should postpone it right i don't think i said oh my god i said well wow that they should postpone it he said yeah and they're not going to And when I was going to school, I think I was dropped off that day. He had been hoping, because there was enough time, for them to call the launch off. And they didn't. And then NASA came out trying to say, oh, well, our safety inspector said that it was well above the safety margin. We didn't think that it dipped below, even though... What was it 45 minutes or an hour, wherever it was, before it launched? They were, you had the safety inspector uh, specifically saying, or, or the safety guy, No, they were discussing it, specifically saying it did reach low enough and they didn't have the heaters on, right? It was low enough for that thing to crack. So... One congressional investigation later proved that NASA actually had gotten that report. And they decided to go through with it anyway. They then tried to blame one of the engineers, and there was a blame-fest finger-pointing going around. But the engineer's original communication memos uh, were revealed, that he had explicitly warned them, and that the mission's critical success rate was... Uh, it was below uh, the minimum to be, for it to be allowed to launch. So that joke, need another seven astronauts, for everybody who was alive at that point. And, oh yeah, funny story. When I went to school, I specifically told everybody, I said, the shuttle's going to blow up if they launch it. I hope they don't launch it. I said that throughout the whole thing. And when it blew up, I said, I told you so. They shouldn't have launched it. I said that and my teacher blew up at me. And I said, it was on the news. And, and, I, and she said, how would you know? You couldn't know anything. You're saying, I told you, it's about people's lives, blah, 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 she went off. The other teacher, Ms. Smith, who's a second grade teacher, uh, she had to grab my teacher, Ms. Parr, and, and bring her aside. And the thing is, I wasn't the only kid at school who saw that news report. We had watched the news with our parents because the shuttle was a big thing. It was actually a class assignment. That's why we had merged classes in order to watch uh, the live broadcast. We were told to study up on the shuttle and talk about it in school. Everyone saw that fucking news report. Everyone. Or almost everyone. And other kids said, yeah, um, I talked about it too. I said they shouldn't launch it. It was too cold. You know, I wasn't the only one. I was targeted because I said, I told you so. Um, Just remember that. Don't say, I told you so in class. Uh, But uh, everybody knew it shouldn't have been launched who had seen the news that morning. The only people who said that it it should be launched were people who did not watch that news report that morning. And so uh, it was that joke, need another seven astronauts, Everybody was telling it. And they were telling it as commentary on NASA's cavalier attitude. They didn't give a fuck about the astronauts. They launched it anyway. So that's why that joke is funny. But it's only funny in context. Robert Downey Jr.'s joke is only funny in context. The joke about Hitler shooting himself is only funny In context, if you know anything about Hitler, right? Well, he was a war hero. He killed himself, is what you're saying. But you have to force people to listen to it. The rape joke at the beginning of Eric the Viking is only funny in context. So, you know, and kids killing each other is only funny in terms of the context of Hollywood constantly producing films where kids are murdering each other. Like, really? So that's when, you know, the producers It's only funny in context, uh, you know, um, the whole thing springtime for Hitler is only funny in context, right? So anyway, that's, that's when you can have jokes that push the edge, right? And that's when you need to know where the edge is. And what not to do, and all that stuff. So uh, you know, I just I like most satires. Uh, I don't like satires that go hard into the sex joke category. Uh, it, it, you got to be creative. If you're not creative, it's, it's just you just making like bathroom humor. Really, um, there is an. <laughs> Make Naked Gun, uh, when they wear protection, they're both in these giant condoms that cover each other. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, in the Starving Games, they just have the censored block over them as they're bouncing around on the screen. That's just funny, right? You know, uh, anyway, so I just wanted to share my thoughts on satire and comedy. Uh, since I was talking about some satirical films, and uh, tell you that yes, anything can be turned into a joke if you know how to do it well, right? And uh, I know I butchered that Hitler joke, uh, but that's because I was explaining it. When you explain a joke, you you can't laugh at it. But uh, yeah, I, I've I've caught people before, even when I'm telling jokes, and just really, really run their brains through the ringer because they're trying to think, hey, are you, are you a Nazi? Oh, oh, you're not a Nazi. Oh, I get it. Yeah, ha ha ha. Right? Uh, Seth uh, MacFarlane does that a lot with uh, American Dad. He's, he's an expert at satirical comedy, at least with American Dad. Family guy, I just think family guy is just crude, but uh, that's just me. Anyway, I, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you are taking notes from somebody who is a comic critic and not a comic themselves. Although, I do a pretty good job of telling Rodney Dangerfield's jokes. Those are fun. Anyway, uh, you guys have a good day. Take care. Love y'all. Bye.